Warning, the following podcast has been classified as insanely lucrative. Listener discretion is advised. What would you say are the biggest roadblocks that prevent people from going from that level to $10,000 to $15,000 per month and up? Your attention, please. please. Listening to the AMPM podcast may cause recurring revenue streams and unfair, unfair advantages over your competitors. Other side effects may include better wallets, fired bosses, and longer vacations. Listen at your own risk. Here's your host, seven-figure entrepreneur and online marketing madman, Manny Coates. Manny Coates. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the AMPM podcast. My name is Manny Coates, and I will be your host. And this is the show where we discuss all things Amazon Private Label and how to generate recurring revenue streams 24 hours per day during the AM and the PM, hence the name of the show, AMPM Podcast. As a matter of fact, we just put together a few boxes of brand new products that we're sending out to two different photographers. One's a lifestyle photographer, another is more of the white background type photographers, and we want to see how well they do, how awesome the images will come out, and compare them to each other and to the other photographers we've used so that I can come back and report to you guys how awesome or not awesome they are, and uh, yeah, let you guys in on some of that action. And guess what, guys? While I was communicating with those photographers, I was making money. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. So today's episode is an interview I did with Jason Katzenbach. He is one of the co-founders of Amazing.com. It's a cool company, cool guys, and uh, Jason's an awesome dude. I hope you enjoy this interview. It runs just over an hour in length, uh, but I think you'll walk away with hopefully at least a nugget or two. That's what I always try to do with every episode that I bring you guys. So without further ado, guys, let's jump into that interview. Hello, everybody. I am here with Jason Katzenbach. Over the past 10 years, Jason has generated close to $100 million in revenue for his companies and has taught thousands of people who are now earning millions of dollars each and every month. Back in 2012, Jason and his partner, Matt Clark, launched the Amazing Selling Machine and put the business model of using Amazon to sell your own brand of physical products on the map. He's also the co-founder of Amazing.com, which focuses on helping people build successful businesses. Jason, how are you doing? I am doing absolutely wonderful. How are you? I'm good. Um, People might be wondering how we met, so I'm going to just do a real quick intro to that. I was out in Austin a few months back and um, was having some lunch with uh, your business partner, Matt Clark. And then uh, we had set up a dinner with the ladies, uh, with our our girls to go out and and he had invited you to come out. And that's how we met. We started talking at the table and I found out that Jason is an avid race car driver like myself. And um, yeah, ever since then, we've, we've communicated regularly on Skype. And then I went out and spoke at the amazing event, which by the way, Jason, congratulations, man. Here, look. That was an awesome event. It was so cool. I've never been to an event that was like so well put together. It was just, uh, it was fantastic. Thanks, man. We've been doing them for a while now. And, you know, being able to uh, deliver that value is uh, something that's just a blast to do because, you know, we're very proud that by the end of the third day, the seats are still full. People are still running to get in. So, yeah, thank you very much. And you did a killer job. I mean, I've heard nothing but good feedback about your presentation. So it was a win-win. Yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate it. So um, your business partner over at Amazing.com, Matt, 
Clark, he was back on the or he was on the podcast back in uh, was it episode sixty eight? This was in August. And for those of you that haven't listened to that episode, um, Jason, tell us, uh, give us a one minute version of how you guys came together to create that monster, you know, that we all know now as Amazing dot com. Yeah, so uh, I started online back in 2004, 2005. That's when I went full-time, quit my job. And uh, one of the things I focused on right away back in the day was building an email list. So I was very good at doing the SEO stuff. And because of building that email list and leveraging what I was good at through affiliate marketing and things like that, I was able to uh, create a list of about 250,000 people. And I was running a very successful business. It was uh, doing a few million dollars a year and me and Matt both joined didn't know each other but we joined what was called the Mavericks it was it's uh, it's a system designed like a networking group designed for businesses that are doing a minimum of a million dollars a year in gross revenue and we were put on a mastermind call together and we actually it was a great mastermind some uh, really high level players in it doing very well and, uh, you know, I, I always enjoyed teaching people and sharing, you know, the things that I've learned. And I heard this young guy at the time who was only 24 years old, who was doing like a hundred thousand dollars a month on Amazon and my ignorance at the time, it was Amazon, you know, so you're an affiliate marketer. And he's like, no, I'm selling my own products. And I'm just like, huh, this doesn't make sense. So started talking to him. And then, um, the owner of the Mavericks, Yannick Silver had him do a presentation and it was just amazing. You know, this whole business model model of, you know, private labeling your own products and selling them on Amazon. So I asked them, I said, would you ever be interested in teaching this model and creating um, a system for helping, you know, other people do this? And he was absolutely, I would 100% love to. That's something I've always desired to do. And, uh, you know, my next question was, but are you afraid of competition? And at that time, nobody was on Amazon. I mean, it was, comparatively, it was all big brands and he was not afraid of competition at all. So that was the start of it. He uh, he taught me how to sell on Amazon within four months of me having my first Amazon business. I was doing over $100,000 a month in pure profit. It was insane. I was selling back in those days though. I was selling, I was one of the first Garcinia Cambogia guys selling supplements. Um, but it just, I, I never had a business model that took off like that before. And so we really refined that and figured out how to teach people. Um, and it just exploded. And, you know, I'm, I'm thankful, you know, you saw at the event yourself, we have, you know, thousands of people who give us credit to helping change their lives because of, you know, this amazing business model. Yeah, for sure. And that, that's an awesome story. I, I remember, it's funny, you bring back um, some memories. I remember Yannick Silver and getting those emails where he'd have like zero G events where you could go up in planes and experience, you know, that space feeling. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're fantastic. I've had some great experiences with the Mavericks. It's, uh, you know, that's part of uh, life is just having the best experiences. That's why I love racing. You know, I don't want to just live and watch TV. In fact, I hate watching TV. Well, that's not true. I like watching some movies every now and again. But, you know, it's about enjoying life and getting the most out of it. And, you know, running your own business gives you the fuel to be able to do that. Awesome. Your Amazon business, the FBA side of stuff um, versus the amazing.com business, you have those completely separated, right? Yeah. Yeah. So me and Matt are not business partners on our physical product side at all. I have multiple brands that are completely separate from amazing.com. Okay. 
Um, which, yeah, I mean, it's just such a good business model. Of course. I mean, we're going to keep doing it. Matt has his own brands as well. So we definitely have that, but they are completely separate. Okay. So let's get the basics out of the way. Cause, uh, the listeners always want to know where the guest is today. So if you can share, uh, what are your numbers and the monthly sales and how many SKUs generate those sales? Oh, you're putting me on the spot. I haven't looked today. So <laughs> I have. Um, so just to give you a little bit of info onto that. So the way we have this business set up is initially I was involved in the business from the Amazon standpoint, very much in the day to day. And then as um started growing and obviously had more income, I started hiring people. So I'm very much day to day from the perspective of I meet with people daily for just a very quick meeting. Once a week, we have a very focused meeting, but I'm very much in the leadership uh, side of that company right now. And uh, geez, with we've got uh, brands in automotive, we got brands. So I've got three, just three SKUs in automotive. I've got uh, five SKUs in house and home, and we've got 20, you know, 20 plus in another house and home, but completely one's more kitchen focused and the other is more home focused. And uh, all together, you know, anywhere from about 150 to 200,000 a month um, easily. So, yeah. Yeah, some very, uh, very nice figures. So how many brands total make up all of these SKUs? Three significant brands. They're three completely different business models. Okay. Um, you know, and one of them, you know, the the newest one here is really taking off and skyrocketing. It's really exciting. And the funny thing about that brand was I, I fell into that brand by accident because I was trying to help family members get going. And for this brand, it was my mother-in-law and she just, didn't like running the business. You know, I mean, I think anyone can succeed at this, but not everyone. That makes sense. Like it's definitely, you know, if it's not something you enjoy doing, if you're, if you don't want to sit there and work hard at it, it's not going to work for you. And, and she just didn't like it. It was a little, uh, a little too much for her. So I thought, you know, I invested this original money for her to be able to get started. And it's like, I don't want to waste it. So I'll take it over. And over the last few months, um, yeah, we've, I've really been able to transform it. It was a little hard for me to want to be involved than it before because so much other stuff going on but now um, we've really skyrocketed so that's cool so a lot of people you'll hear them teaching and training um, whether they got a podcast or a course or a blog or whatever it is and they say you know anybody can do it if I can do it you can do it but the reality you just kind of hit it uh, on the head there not everybody can do it everybody's not engineered or built the same way so you know I have friends that no matter what I can't get them to work more than eight hours eight hours on one minute that's too much in a day you know they won't put the grind in no matter what oh absolutely you know and that that's what's going to prevent you i mean that's what prevents people from hitting that next level and uh, i mean i have to admit myself my passion my true passion what i get out of bed and just get excited for is really the teaching the motivating and the encouraging side like really being able to strategize with people and help them to really grow their business you know i, I have to admit so over the last year last december my oldest daughter ended up getting diagnosed with a really aggressive form of cancer called Ewing sarcoma. And, uh, you know, during that time, I was able to financially just step away. I told everyone with Amazing and with uh, my physical brands that I'm, I'm stepping out. I'm just focusing right now. Um, 
which, you know, first of all, is such a privilege that so many people, you know, can't do that. But what I did is I really, it really rejuvenated me to really understand what I was focused on. Because when I started the first couple of months after I just took a break and really focused on my daughter, the first couple of months I started trying to get back into it. I had to admit to myself that, you know what? I love the Amazon business. Well, it's not an Amazon business model. I got to be careful about that. The physical products business model, but it's not what you know, gets me going in the morning. I don't sit here and get excited. So I've really focused this last little while on 100% just working essentially about an hour and a half to two hours a week on that business model and letting my team run it um, because it's just not for me. And, and, and it's a great business model. Don't get me wrong. But when you have another option that financially is very lucrative as well, too, you should follow that. So, so many people think they're, oh, this is going to be great. But then they pick a product they don't like, they lose passion and just kind of dwindles on them. Um, so I had that, you know, privilege this year to really focus and wake up in the morning and say, what do I want to do? What do I want to be working on? Um, and it's, a, again, awesome. I love being able to do it, but it just really wasn't where my heart was. Um, and so, I've learned that and I think it's a valuable lesson for people you know don't force things um, and especially if you're not willing to work really hard for it now just because I dropped the bomb about my daughter I do want to say that in October I'm very thankful that she did get the all clear Um, so right now her cancer is in remission and obviously we're going to be checking every three months but you know just something to share that's awesome. Yeah, and that was a very moving speech that you gave at the event. So um, I got to meet your daughter uh, at dinner the first time I was out there. So that was really cool. Awesome. I'm glad to to hear that you're able to only work just a couple hours a week on this because I'm working insane amount of hours. Um, so clearly you're outsourcing almost every part of I that particular business. I don't outsource barely anything. I've actually hired um, um in like right here. Well, I guess when you say outsource, it technically is, but these uh, have created actually business relationships, business partnerships with them where they have ownership stake in it. Um, I'm still very involved and especially from, you know, understanding how Amazon works. Um, but it's very much that every week we set goals and then they focus on it, but I have to keep up to date. Um, obviously on all of that. So I'm definitely not out of the picture on how Amazon works. In fact, I feel that I'm extremely good at it still. Oh, so that's interesting. So are you uh, more um, in a capacity of like a, a an investor with people, with uh, people that have brands and, and products and accounts? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And, but I, I'm not growing that at all anymore either. I just, you know, because the reality is, you know, in my head when I first started that, you know, it was wrong to think, oh, you could just hire people and, you know, invest with people and they'll take off. But the reality is, especially in any business relationship, if it's not equal, um, it's, it, there's going to be challenges. You know, I thought, well, I'll, I'll do this and invest in this and then walk away. Well, these people are looking for leadership and just cause they got to where they were. Um, and it's not like, we'll do this and step away. It's like, you have to work. It was a very hard plan at first. You had to work a lot of hours to work with them. And then you slowly as, you know, they get more and more competent doing the things I had to step away more and more. Um, and then it was to a point where I didn't know how to step away. And, you know, the silver lining in the thing with my daughter was that that forced me to step away and forced people to step up to the bat. And I'll tell you, it was a tough transition at first. Our companies suffered, um, the physical product companies suffered for a few months because um, just, you know, people were kind of running in all directions. And once I was able to come back and really help it, um, we did a lot of restructuring because of that. 
because it made me realize that we had people that just weren't good fits for the company, did a lot of restructuring, and I'm very proud of the direction it's going in now. And in fact, we're, you know, we've cut costs so much, we've become extremely highly profitable. Um, so all of these things actually kind of worked out for good. I hope that makes sense what I said there. Yeah, it does. And now, are, are you speaking about the amazing.com staff and business? Or are you talking about the physical products business? Just my physical right? products. Okay. Yeah, All right. Physical products. There's a lot of pretty big sellers that and successful sellers that are using multiple seller accounts at Amazon. They do it right. They do it the you know the legal way. Are you also doing this with all the different brands that you have? Or are you keeping everything? Yeah, in they're one they're account? completely different companies. Totally different company entities. Um, one hundred percent separated. Um, no one logs into any, like it's all very strict, um, dividing because, you know, at the end of the day, the, the Amazon wants, you know, a corporation is considered, uh, you know, it has an identity. It's almost considered a person. So you focus it that way, but you have to be still very careful because, you know, the reality is Amazon isn't here to be your best friend. And they, you know, if your products are removed from Amazon, someone else's products will just take up the slack. So, you know, you still want to be careful and make sure you're not doing things that would set off red flags with them. But that's how we set it up. And uh, it, it's worked out very well. Yeah. Let me go back to uh, the multiple seller accounts, because this is uh, actually a, a, a topic that a lot of people um, are interested in when you're sure. obviously keeping everything separate makes sense, right? You have your different entities, okay, your corporate entities. So you have your tax IDs, you got a different bank account, different address, different phone numbers. You want to be smart and make sure that everything is legitimately a separate company. Um, but Amazon does ask for your name. Is it okay in your opinion to put the same name, the same person that's running the different companies? Cause that um, happens a lot, Well, right? First of all, I'm not the only person running the companies. So different names can be used. And you know what? You it, it's <laughs> it, it starts to make you feel a little nervous even talking about this stuff because it, it's you know Amazon. If they just all of a sudden don't they they find something they don't have to be fully educated on it. They can hurt your business. Um, so every corporation is completely different. They have different addresses, different locations, all of that kind of stuff. I um, mean, they were definitely they're all created at different times as well too. Um, um, and so I personally don't use my name on any of the businesses. Um, now we, so how we've structured it is I actually have um, a Canadian corporation that is my umbrella corporation, I guess you could say that then owns a U.S. corporation and that U.S. corporation then owns um each of the other three corporations. So everything's, there's never anything direct from that corporation to me. And one of the big reasons too is liability. Um, I'm always, you know, we have insurance and we're very focused on offering high quality products. But you know, as you grow a business, the last thing you want to do is if you get sued, it'd be able to come back to you. And especially just, you know, with, well, I, I should say that better. That didn't sound right to come back to you, but to protect yourself. Because if you're doing your due diligence and everything, but you own the company just straight out yourself and, you know, they can direct it to you. Um, you could lose a lot. You could go into court for a long time, but the way I have it set up, it's protected very well. Um, and it's quite easy to do. You can create corporations very easily. Um, obviously I recommend, I am not a lawyer. I am not a legal genius in any way. I just, I'm only recommending, um, 
I'm not even recommending. You're just it. telling us what you do. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. And so that's how we've done it. But I do admit, like, we are cautious of those kind of things with names and everything. And that's why we set up the companies. So I, um, with each of the corporations that I own, the different brands, so two of them um, has the same business partner, but a third one has a different business partner. Um, so they're all slightly different in that way, too. Yeah, and it's very common for people to be the founders, the CEOs, presidents of different companies as well. So I think um, as long as you're not trying to game the system, if you can go in front of, you know, an Amazon panel and very clearly explain what you're doing and it doesn't sound really weird or or shady in any way, you should be fine. Um, And it makes sense in terms of a financial, uh, in terms of financial reasons, if you're planning on having an exit strategy and you want to sell your brand, you know, a year, two years, three years down the road, whenever it is, um, having things separated makes sense. So I think Amazon realizes that now. I think so. Yeah. Cool. So what would be one of the biggest things that you would outsource if you were starting out new that you would outsource right away or, or, you know, get rid of those tasks so that you could focus on other things? What's made the biggest difference? Uh, so I kind of have a strategy that I follow for that, but really, at, I mean, initially it's the things that have to get done daily that take you away from growing your business. Um, and usually it's just checking stats, um, and not even checking stats so much, but like checking all the, the vital things of your account to make sure that customer support is answered and responded to, that there's no Google, I mean, Amazon account alerts that, um, you know, just audit the listings every single day, re- check okay. the reviews and feedback every single day. Those core functions that are so critical because Amazon is so hard on people for that, which, you know, understandably, they want to give great customer experiences. But it's those things that if you let slide, I remember when I first started, I didn't answer emails every day. And all of a sudden, boom, I started getting in trouble. You know, Amazon wants that 24 hour response time. Um, So just managing those right from the get go. So you're not sitting there wasting time. Um, And especially the communications, because, you know, so many times, you know, you can, you log in, all of a sudden you get sidetracked doing these other things. So taking those tasks that you know have to get done every day and start with those, that would be my recommendation. Cool. And I agree. Yeah. All that little stuff eats up hours and hours. And and before you know it, you're like, what did I do today? Oh, you know, so something that I learned a few years ago that I learned a few years ago that, that really helped me is, um, I look at the tasks that I'm doing. I make sure, you know, and this is hard to do and you don't have to do it forever, but just do it for about two or three weeks and every day, write down the tasks that you work on and be totally honest with yourself. Oh, I spent 45 minutes on Facebook, you know, go back every couple of hours and think about the things you did. And then what you do is you start to categorize those tasks and figure out which task is something that someone getting $10 an hour could do. Someone making $40 an hour can do someone making a hundred dollars an hour can do and something doing a thousand dollars an hour can do and you just break it up kind of in that way and then all of a sudden you start looking at all these ten dollar an hour tasks that you have that are filling up your day and obviously you know when you're first starting you have to do everything if you don't have the income but those are the things that you start categorizing and creating job descriptions for because those ten dollar an hour tasks if that's what you focus on every day you are going to have a ten dollar an hour profit stream 
you can't be focusing on those. You've got to get to the ten thousand, the one thousand and ten thousand dollar an hour task, which is networking, strategizing, product development, all of those kind of things are where you should be spending your time. So it's really about you know identifying those things, and that's why when people say, "What do I hire out?" Well, it depends what you're good at. You know, if, if starting out right away, if you're really good at some of those ten dollar an hour tasks, um, you know, you do them, but get to the point where you have to let them go because you have to start focusing on those bigger tasks and then bigger tasks. So that helped me out a lot and made a huge difference in uh, my companies. Yeah, that's a great answer. How do you respond to somebody that comes up to you at an event and says, um, you know, Jason, how much money does it take to start selling on Amazon to, to get things going? What's the real answer? Because we've heard people say, oh, you can start with 200 bucks, 500 bucks. Yeah, and you know, thankfully, I mean, I, I get the perspective of that I've seen it because I've had, you know, since 2012 been teaching people, a lot of people this. And, you know, back in 2012, uh, one of our first successful students, Daniel, he started with 400 bucks cash. That's all he had. Um, and he is killing. He's making millions every month. I mean, I, I know the guy is destroying it. Um, and so it was an absolute reality back in the day, $400. Today, you know, I... I got it. The minimum I could think is three to 5,000. I mean, if you really want to make this business work for you, absolutely. There's ways you could do it cheaper. Um, you know, maybe a thousand or 2000, but really, um, by the time you look at like the tools that you should be using, the inventory that you need to get, um, you know, the, the things you should put into it. Um, my recommendation for people is about three to five grand. Yeah. Otherwise, you, you're probably going to run into inventory issues like you mentioned. If you if you do have a product, you, you've done a really good job in selecting the product and it starts to take off. You're not going to be paid for a while by Amazon. So you've got to be able to float everything. So if you've spent it all, if you only started with a thousand and you spent it all on inventory, you're going to run into a bottleneck. In terms oh, of yeah. You know, and I've had people say that to me where, you know, they can't grow the business because they don't have enough money to reinvest because they're afraid to spend and they've put everything in their inventory. Um, you know, and it's like, well, yeah, you know, and, and I mean, you try to be honest on that, but the reality is, I mean, there's always uh, plus and minuses or, you know, the, the rare cases where people can start really low. Um, or some people go, you know, right in and they spend like, I know people that have gone in with $30,000 right away and created this whole brand of multiple products right away. Um, I don't recommend that for the average person because the more brands you start with, the more product lines you start with, the the harder it is to get any one of them going. But, you yeah, know, you're splitting your attention across multiple things. You got to do all the listings, all the optimization, all the keyword research. Absolutely. Yeah. And then the maintenance and growing and, you know, the analogy I always use is, you know, we, everyone knows Coca-Cola, then why in the world is there Coca-Cola advertisements everywhere? Because they have to keep promoting, they have to keep getting traffic, they have to keep staying relevant. And you have to do that. A lot of people think they can just throw their product up and, oh, that's it. Amazon takes care of the rest. It's like, no, it doesn't. That's only part of the job. You have to get it in front of people constantly. Yeah makes sense what about uh, okay so we have a lot of a lot of our listeners are doing pretty well already um, and they're they're generating thousands of dollars per month what would you say are the biggest roadblocks that prevent people from going from that level to ten thousand to fifteen thousand dollars per month and up uh, I, I would say I mean you know, we challenge this all the time with our members. It's like we, we badge them, we, we do gamification so that we can really understand how they're doing. And then we, you know, ask them and survey them and try to figure things out. And there's two things that 
I would say they're very equal, but definitely the number one thing is really that mindset where you talked about uh, work ethic, you know, that whole thing where, you know, you really can't have a million dollar dream if you're going to have with a minimum wage uh, work ethic. It's uh, there, there was this really um, wonderful lady that is a very successful student of ours. And we were in the Cayman Islands a few years ago. And she was one of those people that put a product up on Amazon and didn't have to do anything to it. And it just took off. Well, then she added another product and another product, another product. And within a year, she had 10 products, but was still making the exact same amount of revenue as she was with the one product because the other products didn't take off. And when we called her on that, you know, right there in the Cayman Islands, we're doing this mastermind. She says, but I want to spend my time with my family and friends. I don't want to have to work this. And, you know, everyone was like that. Thank you for being honest. But it's like, you can't do that. You know, the whole lifestyle thing, everyone thinks, you know, when I say, oh, you know, the freedom of having your own um, uh, business, it's not freedom from having to do work. It's freedom from being confined to working for someone else. You're free to be able to work where you want and pursue the things that you want to do your own things, not being tied to someone else. And so you've got to understand that you have to have a hard work ethic because it's going to take a lot of hard work. Starting a business is easy. Anyone can do that. You can go down and register a business super easy. You can do it online. Like that's starting a business. The growing and running a business, that's completely different. You've really got to focus and work hard for that. And you have to have the right mindset going into it. It doesn't mean you're going to be doing that forever. But it just means until you get to a point where you can start stepping away, it took me a lot of years to be able to do that, um, until you can step away that you can, but you plan for it. And I think, you know, it's that focus on the long term instead of like now. And we have, you know, we'll teach people and we'll have people sign up and they'll be like, hey, I want to make money by this time. And like that time is like a month and a half from now. It's like, sorry, you know, mm. it's it's not a get rich, uh, rich quick thing either. It's you're building a real business. And that's the other part of that mindset is knowing that you're not building an Amazon business. We're leveraging Amazon. You're building a whatever brand you have type of business. So if you are, let's just say you're in the cell phone cover case business, you are in the cell phone cover case business. Whether you use Amazon or not is completely irrelevant to the type of business you're in. So you need to focus on that and realize, okay, but I'm using Amazon as a tool. So how do I leverage Amazon to the fullest potential? Um, So I'd say that's my number one challenge that I see with people. They just don't have it in their mind that it's going to take hard work. They think this is going to be easy and you know, and then all of a sudden when the hard work hits, they just, they're like, I don't want to do this. They make up a million and one excuses why they want to do something else. Um, the second one really is that fear of decision making. Um, you know, this is why so many people quit. And I'd have to say it's 99% of why people quit is they feel that the pain of making a decision and following up on that decision with an action is way too much pain. You know, I think about, (laughs) um, one of actually my brother who is at the uh, live event, he, he has a very successful business. He was approached by someone and said, I would pay, I'll pay you for help. And he was and it's easy. All you have to do. And he was dead serious. He said, just pick the product that I should start with. And it, it's, that's exactly it. People are so afraid to make the wrong decision and move and take action on that decision. 
there's no way you could expect like the chance of like, I think there's less chance of somebody else picking a product for you to start with being successful than your own, because if it's not a product you have any desire to run with, you're going to fail. Um, so it's really in that mind getting in many, I've got to believe you're the same, you know, you're very successful. Look how you've taken off with Amazon. You've done so many things you've done that because you've made decisions and then taken action on those decisions. And I've got to believe that you give yourself a, a mindset that it's more painful to not take this action than it is to take the action. Would that be fair? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm never content with just being where I'm at. I'm like, I always want to look for that next level and, and I enjoy the challenge and yeah, it's great. And you know, um, I have, we have this um, great couple of students, Eric and Karen, that are this beautiful couple that uh, they were one of our early success stories too. And they quickly got up to about 50,000 a month. And actually you heard them at the live event. They were talking about this um, and they could not get past 50,000 a month. And, you know, Karen wanted to make changes and Eric was like, no, 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 everything's working well. Let's just leave it as it is. Um, and they would not change anything because they were too afraid to take that action, to make a decision of something and take the action to improve on their listing because they thought, it, you know, everything's good right now. Well, what happened is they ended up getting into some kind of, I don't remember if it was a copyright, but something to do with the type of product they had. So their business was completely taken away from them. They had to start from scratch. Well, they completely changed their mindset now. And Karen was able to take over and restart the whole business. And with all the things that she wanted to do before, they're now doing over 150,000 a month with the exact same business model. And it was all because of being able to finally realize now, you know, they didn't have anything to lose so they could start over, but they realized that if they would have done this earlier, they wouldn't have gotten to the trouble they had and they'd be so much farther ahead than they are now. Um, and a lot of that just had to do with even just optimizing their listing differently. They went from being a very corporate voice to actually being more of a family friendly voice with the products. Um, but they were too afraid to make any changes before. And now when they did make the changes, look what it did for them. So I'd say definitely the top two are mindset and then that just fear of making decisions and taking actions on them. Okay, great. The next thing is knowing your numbers. It's, you know, it comes down to math. I mean, if you don't know math, in your business, you're going to be in trouble, whether it be expenses, revenue, profit, taxes, any of that kind of stuff. You need to know your numbers, but especially in the beginning, it's just knowing the basic numbers. How much traffic are you sending? What are your conversions? And, you know, what do you have to do to improve on that? Uh, a lot of people right away, they just, they, and they'll focus on the wrong thing. Like they'll get their product on Amazon and then they'll start split testing different titles. So one week they'll have one title, the next another, but yet they're only getting like 10 sessions a day, you know? And so it, it's like, well, whoa, 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 you're totally focusing on the wrong thing here right now. To be able to effectively split test anything, you need to have a lot of people looking at the page and looking at conversion rates. So what you want to do first is focus on traffic. And I think that's the number one thing people don't do is focus on traffic. Amazon rewards you exceptionally well when you have diverse traffic. If you're only relying on the Amazon system, like sponsored ads, or you can just having your listing on there and trying to get ranked for keywords, 
you're missing out on a huge opportunity. Amazon rewards for all this different diverse traffic coming to your site. And obviously you have to have the conversion factors to do it. But if you're not focusing on getting the traffic first, then why are you even bother split testing things? Because it's not going to give you any accurate number. If you only have 10 people and all of a sudden you're only getting a sale every two or three days, you're not going to learn anything. Even if you're making a few sales a day, really look at your numbers and understand, okay, where am I for traffic? What do I want to get my goal at? If I know that to reach my goal of a million dollars a year, I have to be selling $3,500 worth of product. My product sells for 35 bucks. That means I have to sell a hundred a day. Right now my conversion rate is say, 10%. That means I need to have, you know, what would that be? 3000 sessions a day to be able to get that. My math is probably way off on there. I'm just winging it. I hope you understand. So then, you know, okay, well, if I need that many more sessions, conversion rate, I'm not going to bother optimizing that. I'm going to focus on driving as much traffic as I can to that listing. As your listing starts getting more and more traffic, obviously there's that beneficial effect Amazon has where it starts rewarding you because the better money making products Amazon wants to reward. And there's all these other ranking ideas and everything on there. But then once you start getting the traffic, that's when you can start split testing your offers and making them better and tweaking them. Images, major, major thing, like really focus on images, but it's really understanding that, like what are the key metrics I should be focusing on? What do I want to achieve? And what are the numbers that I have to get to, to be able to achieve that and then do working towards those does that make sense it does what kind of volume in terms of traffic uh, do you consider a significant number uh, something that is actually valuable where you can say okay this is enough to decide whether this split uh testing is 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 valid or not Uh, yeah i'd say the minimum is like 100 sessions a day really um i used to say 50 but it's uh, i find that what happens is then people just get lazy with the 50 i mean 100 is not a lot um it's not a lot at all but it's the minimum because if you're getting a 10 percent, that means 10 sales um that's absolutely minimum and i guess i'm coming from the mindset too of a beginner there so you know it, it it really the more the better and I mean, I guess for me, I mean, looking at any of my products, we don't even start touching anything until we have, you know, we're up there to the multiple hundreds and sessions because uh, right. your focus needs to just be on getting that traffic initially. And, you know, and traffic and, you know, there's sponsored ads, but a lot of people don't even understand about the Amazon marketing services, which is huge. Um, you know, we it, Let, let's talk about that in two seconds. Sure. I, I, that's a whole thing I want to talk about. But um, in terms of the split testing, um, what are the top things you're actually split testing? And what what have you seen the highest ROI from uh, when you split test, whether it's images or title, that kind of thing? Uh, the <laughs> It's definitely been different, but it's the two things. It's images or title. Um, and what we look at is the click-through rate of our sponsored ads. Um, so that that's a huge thing because you got to look at your conversion rate too. But one of the things, especially with the images, we kind of look at it from the mentality of an ad. Um, with the ad, they see the title and an image and they see your first image. When you enter in the keyword, they'll see the title and an image, but they'll see a couple other things. And yeah, you know, you'll see the number of reviews and everything, but you know, you can look on Amazon now and you can see a top selling product with 10 reviews next to one with a thousand. I mean, I think as long as you have some reviews, the more reviews, the better, obviously, I mean, social proof, but it's not the end all be all. Um, but I would have to say, I, I think, I, I guess I'm leaning towards 
images because I think it's so under understood, um, underutilized in how big the images actually are. But I guess if I just come to the bare bones of it, the titles have always been my biggest um, win or gain. Okay. When you're split testing images, are you mainly just doing the, the thumbnail, the, the main image, or are you also doing other images as well? Do the other images as well, but it's mainly the, the, the first couple of images. The top image is really the big one, but it's that, you know, and, and this is another thing. I mean, you got to be careful with this when you get advice on images. I mean, ideally, you know, my marketing mind came into effect on this and you started talking and it makes sense. You want to have images where people can relate to the images and really see how they're absorbing the product. Well, we've tried that on different products and it didn't work. Um, so it really, you've got to just try different things. I mean, use logic and yeah, it does make sense that, you know, if you're selling a spatula, you want to have a good picture of the spatula, but then you want to show it being used by someone who's, you know, attractive and it, you can kind of relate to yourself using it, but that doesn't mean that's going to be best. Some people might just want to see different, like some audience might just want to see different versions of the, the, um, spatula so you've got to really think outside the box and try a bunch of different things um but definitely i mean at the minimum is test your title and test that first image but and if you don't have all the images that's another thing make sure you have all the images that uh it just helps okay so amazon marketing services yep. hit us with that because a lot of people are not signed up uh they don't even know how to get access to that so i'd love to talk about that Sure. Um, so Amazon Marketing Services is a completely separate entity from sponsored ads. And you can be running sponsored ads within your Amazon uh, Seller Central account and also be running ads simultaneously in your Amazon Marketing Services account. But what Amazon Marketing Services allows you to do is, first of all, you can do killer research with it because you can put in other ASINs and understand um, and the Amazon will give you keywords that they recommend based of off of those. You can actually advertise on other people's listings. So if you go to a listing right now and you look under the um, buy box, you can see sometimes on some listings you'll have other people's products under there. Um, so that's how you do that through Amazon marketing services. They also, when you go to, when you do a keyword search and you'll see on top of the um, category page, this box that is a big advertisement banner ad for other people's products, that's through Amazon marketing services. Plus you can do just regular sponsored ads, um, but it's just really powerful and you can do, um, you can create a custom. So if you go to amazon.com slash, let's see, um, um, FBA high rollers. I think that's the name of your group. You know, let's say that was the brand name that you had in your product. You actually get your own custom page that is on Amazon. Um, so it's like an Amazon branded page. That's your brand with, you can have different products on there. You can have, um, different like verbiage on there. So it's really powerful. You can put videos on there. Um, it's just a really powerful system that helps you go to the next level for being able to, um, uh, be able to market with Amazon. So I, I absolutely love it. And it's something, um, and you know, I know Amazon's always changing the rules and, uh, Mike McClary, a uh, very good friend of mine who, um, one of our very successful students, he's done some awesome training on that whole business model. Um, but not business model, that whole advertising thing, because there's so much in it that so few people are taking advantage of. And I really don't know why it's something that 
Uh, I think everybody who's selling on Amazon with FBA should be using right now, well, in any way should be using. I agree with you, Jason. It's, it's absolutely something uh, everybody should be using. Um, and we're seeing now, a lot of people have been posting in our, our Facebook group that um, they're getting um, better results from that than they are with sponsored ads. Yeah, and you know, I mean, it's really a bandwidth thing here. If you don't have the time to just add something else and there's other things, I mean, of course, focus on what you can, but when you have the ability to do it, yeah, check it out for sure. Well, where else can you uh, get a get your product literally Imagine you have a product similar to a competitor's product and um, you have a better price than they do and you show up right below their buy button. You're going to be swiping those sales like crazy. Oh, for sure. And advertise on your own listing too. You know, what a better way to prevent people from advertising on your listing, but also to cross sell them on your product. You know, if you have a spatula and, uh, you know, a, a frying pan, why would you not want them to be able to see that in everywhere possible? So that's, you know, there's a hot tip for you. How about that? Perfect. Awesome. Um, and then, I mean, just to keep going on what we were talking about, I think this next one um, is something that I think a lot of people don't want to admit, but it's that it's what I call suffering from divine inspiration fallacy. Now, I didn't make that up. Um, that's, you know, if you type that in Google, I, I can't remember what that's even from the chaos theory or something like that. Um, but it, it's really, really powerful in the whole idea of thinking, you know, what your customer wants better than you thinking that, oh, I've, uh, you know, I've figured this all out. It's, um, yeah, I know this product. I know what I'm going to sell. I know what the customer wants. Um, and so you really get into that mindset where I don't need to improve my listing. I don't need to split test it. I don't need to improve my images. These are all good enough. Um, yeah, it, it's really thinking that everything you know about, about your product is the best, even when you're adding new products to your brand, um, and expanding your brand, thinking that you don't need to ask your customers, you don't need feedback. I know what my customers want. Um, and really that, that starts to get dangerous. Cause again, you're not split testing. You're not interacting with your customers. You're talking to them instead of working with them. And, um, if you go through, I don't know if you've ever heard of the work system called agile um i'm sure you probably had but yes. you know it's extremely powerful for being able to do software development and all those kind of things and they've proven over and over again that the number one way for product development is number one customer feedback and you know i mean it's it's funny how we need these other systems to kind of prove this to us where and i think it's because the old way of thinking is everything you know we didn't have the ability to be able to ask our customers and and poll our customers and get feedback from our customers so quickly. But now we do. And if you're not using it, I mean, you're missing out. That's the whole idea of open source, um, you know, crowdsource and all that. It's like get the input of the users, have everyone working, collaborating together to make a better product. Um, and so if you're trying to run your business thinking, you know, everything and you know what products they need, you know, you know, and just keep saying the, you know, uh, it, you're eventually going to get to a point, um, and I strongly believe, where your income is, your revenue is much lesser than your expenses because you just, you're, you're not going to be fulfilling what the customer wants. 
Um, and then last of all, I'd say the biggest thing is people trying to do this alone. You know, it was funny because it wasn't until yesterday I even knew about FBA high rollers. Um, and that's a perfect example. What? <laughs> well, I've seen this annoying ad on Facebook. No, I didn't get in. Um, you know, and I, I, I saw it, but I never really knew it was yours. And I mean, once I did, I told you that yesterday. Like, dude, yeah, I joined it right away because that's exactly, you know, I'm, I'm always hesitant to join communities because you want to make sure that their intent is not to sell you um, and to trick you. And, you know, I mean, you've got to be careful on that stuff. But when you know like I know you, well, I, I mean, I think I know you um, and, you know, I trust you incredibly. And I know that, you know, being part of communities like that is a value. And that's something we've always focused on when we launched Amazing Selling Machine, even with our amazing.com uh, community, you need, you can't do this alone. You shouldn't do this alone. And by being able to just bounce ideas off people, you know, for example, the whole thing yesterday with the news that you broke, um, if you're by yourself and all of a sudden you read that news, that might be the scariest news you've read, you know, but all of a sudden by having it with your community, putting it in a reality check, putting it in perspective, getting encouragement from people, asking questions, it's huge, but also the learning. But the big thing is doing this alone, not doing this alone means not just sitting there and absorbing as well. You've got to give back. And I know, you know, again, um, everybody that I know that, um, is succeeding is because they, and it doesn't mean they share in big communities. I'm not talking about that. Even if you just pick, you know, three or four people that you regularly meet up with, but it's got to be a give and take relationship where you figure, what can I do to help you? And you'll get so much more in return. Um, it's why I've always worked with business partners. It's why I've never wanted to do things where I was just an entity to myself because I just find that I get so much more out of doing this with others. So yeah, there you go. That would be my top five things. Yeah. Wow. That, there's a lot of good stuff there. You uh, mentioned this earlier when you were talking about breaking down all the tasks you do in a day, writing them down and saying, okay, this is a $10 job. This is a $100 an hour job and so forth. And one of the higher ticketed items was, you know, the networking. And I think this is really important. You mentioned community. I, I look at that as networking as well. When I was at the amazing event, at your event um, in Austin, Texas, one of the really cool things uh, outside of, you know, obviously meeting everybody and speaking at the event, but you guys put on a, a social um, for people that were generating uh, uh, five figures per month. I think it was 25,000 per month. Um, and that for me was like super eye-opening because I went in there and of course, because I was, I had spoken on stage, I had a lot of people that came up and, you know, they want to talk. And I was kind of humbled because some of these guys were crushing it. You know, I think, well, I'm doing six figures. These, some of these guys are doing seven figures, right? And um, some of the strategies they were talking about were insane. So you learn, you learn a lot of stuff. I, I walked away from that event um, with so much more knowledge. Oh yeah. You know, I, that was, uh, you know, just to hit on that real quick, we ended up saying, you know, you had to be doing at least 25K. Uh, by the time we looked at the numbers and Matt mentioned it there, when everyone applied and shared what they were making, $160,000 a month was the average of those 200 people that were in that room just for that. It, that was, you know, it was, and so you're right. Like you look at the mind power of strategies and I mean, it's just, you, you that's mind-boggling. 160k a month, yep. right? So, so guys, let me just say this now, okay? If whenever these guys put on an event, go to it. 
okay? No matter what it costs, it's just awesome. You're gonna walk away with some kind of super nugget. Forget about a golden nugget, it's gonna be a super nugget. And I'm not just talking about what's said on stage. What's said on stage, that's awesome, you take notes and you learn, but it's the networking that goes along with it where you can really learn a lot of stuff as well. Yeah, we really focus on that because you know we want people, and that's where so many of us told them, uh, have told us that that where they got their biggest benefit was the networking. Because I, I mean, at the end of the day, I know I say that a lot, by the way, but you know, you can only teach so much on stage when you have 45 minutes. And, you know, like, for example, when you taught, that was awesome. Um, but really, like, you're hoping that they take one or two things. Um, but what they, you know, it's those relationships where you can, you know, get people to reinforce what was taught, share their strategies and everything. I mean, that's just so much more valuable. And, you know, we try to have a good time while we're doing it, too. So, yeah, which I think you had a good time. Yeah, it was fantastic. Earlier, you were talking about generating extra traffic. Amazon likes this outside traffic. Um, where would you say um, are the best places that you've seen where you're driving traffic from outside of sponsored ads? Uh, so the content marketing is uh, huge. You've got to do it right. And uh, that's something I actually talked about at the event, you know, content marketing in a niche that you're not passionate about. Because, you know, it's easy to say you're supposed to start with, uh, a, you know, a product that you're passionate about, but that's hard. You know, I mean, and the reason why we say that is because then it's just when you're passionate about something you can talk about. I mean, look how we're talking about, you know, this business model and things. We're passionate about it. We don't need scripts. We don't need to sit there and rehearse. And we just talk off the cuff and, you know, it's good content. And that's the idea behind following your passions with, you know, the products. Um, but the reality is you can't always do that. Um, but you need good content. You need thing. You need to be able to get your message in front of people. Um, you know, Facebook ads are great, but the reality is I don't know a lot of people that are crushing it with Facebook ads and making a profit with Facebook ads. Um, Amazon makes it extremely difficult. You know, you've got to have landing pages. Um, and then, so what happens is if you're sending all your traffic to a landing page um, and then all the traffic is going from the landing page to Amazon, you're not getting that diversity of traffic. So you want to be able to try different things. Um, really, I, I mean, it, it's a matter of, you know, prioritizing what you can focus on and then going from there and doing it in spurts. So um, instead of sitting there and saying like every day I'm going to have all this traffic coming from everywhere, you definitely want to have um, traffic where you do little campaigns where you all of a sudden will you know, plan it out where for this week, I'm going to be um, putting 20% off on my product and then using a whole bunch of different platforms, Pinterest, um, Facebook, Google AdWords and everything and drive traffic to your directly to your listing on those days. Uh, because all of a sudden you're going to get a higher conversion rate because of the sale price, but you're going to see all this spike in traffic. And Amazon looks for consistency, but not so much. So you can do that for a few days and then do it again the next week. Um, things like that work. But in average, I mean, and a lot of people laughed at me. And I mean, then when all of a sudden we pulled this, uh, people were saying, oh, no, my sales have dropped. Um, press releases. I, I know press releases sound silly, but the whole idea, because they were such an old, outdated thing, but they get your content out all over the internet and then it sends tra diverse traffic. It doesn't mean that it sends a lot. You know, if every press release you send there sends a half of one person every day, but you send a lot of them, all of a sudden you're getting 10, 20 visitors a day through all this content. Definitely good quality content is another big thing. You know, um, really understanding what your, 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 um, 
uh, audience likes to read and then creating content, but then promoting that content through social networks. So, you know, one of the strategies that I did that really worked extremely powerful is I use a service called Scripted and uh, they could, they're a little bit more expensive to get content written, but I cr- we had our social media profiles and what I did is I just made sure that we were posting every day about three or four times a day. And then we went back and looked at all of the posts that we had that were just random shared content from all over the web that were in that niche. And we identified the, the content that got the most engagement. So, you know, and really you, there wasn't a lot, but all of a sudden you'd see like some posts would get nothing. All of a sudden one would get like seven likes and a share and a comment. So boom, right away, you know that, okay, that that's one that, sparked a little bit of interest. So we, I, what I did is I looked for seven articles or seven types of content that were, um, I actually know it was five at the time that I did. I picked the top five. I went to scripted and I told, uh, I got writers and I put a job proposal in there for a long article written, focused on these types of content. So then they come back, the different writers are scripted, and they give you proposals on what type of content to start writing. So they'll give you topics. Again, if we're using the spatula example, they'll say, you know, cooking gluten-free pancakes or something like that. I I don't know. Um, And so they give you the proposals, and you go through them, and you approve the ones you want. And then what I did is over a 14-day period, so over two weeks, every two days I posted a new article on my blog or on the, the, the blog. And I did a um, uh, a Facebook sponsor uh, boost a post boost on it. So I would do the blog. I would put a snippet of it in the um, with a good image on the Facebook page, and then I would boost that post to a targeted audience. Then after those two weeks, we went back, and out of those seven articles, we figured out which ones had the lowest. Um, cost per engagement and those were the ones we picked the top three that now we went back to the writers and said okay now I want you to write content on this we were able to go from about 40 cents to down to less than 15 cents just in those two phases for the cost per engagement so then we knew okay this is what's going to be driving traffic so you just keep doing that and the cool thing is you can repurpose that content with different markets and everything Um, so it's just really figuring out what type of content your market likes and then figuring out how to get it in front of them. Um, Paid advertisements, I'm really careful about because you can, you know, managing paid, that's one of the things I love about Amazon is they've got one of the easiest to use paid advertising models there is out there. But everyone else, it's so frigging complicated. And especially when you're trying to deal with Amazon who just refuses to give any type of conversion data whatsoever, you can't track anything. It's really hard. So you just kind of got to think, um, if I need to get diverse traffic, that means I need to get content out in lots of different areas. And you'll just find, and it's not like an instant process, but or process. Um, I'm Canadian, so sometimes I don't know how to say <laughs> things right. 
I, I do have a sure. question though. So if you're dry, if you're writing all this con uh, this this content, okay, and you're using scripted and you've tested all this out, are you driving traffic then directly to Amazon, or are you, are you going to a landing page at that point? Everything we're focusing on is driving directly to Amazon. But you got it, you know, because I mean, obviously you have your own Shopify accounts or e-commerce stores or everything or anything. But it's really where you are in the business. I think that's actually a huge mistake people make too. Is they want to be everywhere and everything way too soon. And if you're not doing, you know, 25,000 a month, at least you don't need a Shopify store. You don't need an e-commerce store. Just create like a, a simple blog. That's just a brand blog that talks about your business and point everything to Amazon. That's a great point because um, a lot of people think that they need to do everything. People have asked me, they're like, well, why aren't you in the European stores of, of Amazon or, or here, here or there? And I'm like, I haven't maxed out the US stores. I'm at a point right now where um, I'm in the, the financial crisis part of it, right? Where I'm trying to figure out how do I generate enough funds to expand beyond where I'm at right now? Because the growth has reached a level where I'm like, wow, okay, my next order on this one SKU is going to be a six-figure check I got to write to my supplier. And that's for one SKU. So once I max out, once I get to a point where I'm like, okay, I don't think it's, it's I don't see that needle um, climbing anymore. Then I could say, I'm going to start focusing on something Absolutely. Else. You can get confused and, and uh, your attention gets split a million ways and then everything suffers. So, you know, just to go back to, I mean, great point to go back to where I said I had to restructure our whole physical products company. We expanded way too wide, way too fast. We tried to do way too much um, and it killed us. It almost like it almost like zeroed out the business because all of a sudden we, our expenses were like we had no profit. We couldn't invest back in new products. And it's like, whoa, 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 what happened? You know, going from this extremely profitable to all of a sudden growing for the sake of growth, if that makes sense. It's almost like hiring for the sake of just hiring because you think you're supposed to. Um, we're always teaching and there's always things like, oh, you need to be doing this or you need to be doing that. But no, you don't. And you hit the nail right on the head. You need to be doing the most important things you should be doing for your business. And that really starts by what you just said too, numbers, math, by looking at your math and understanding, like if I'm only getting a 10% conversion rate and only have a hundred sessions a day, why in the world would you even consider going to the UK if you haven't done any other traffic strategies or growth strategies at all to try to get your current business going? Why would you ever think that opening up an e-commerce store is gonna make it easier that you're gonna get more traffic? Um, it, it's not. In fact, it's going to make it harder. So really understand where you are in your business and then where you want to get to and what it's going to take to get there by looking at those key metrics. Yeah. Everything you do is going to add complexity. So if you can keep it simple and get it to, you know, to a maximum level um, and then move on, you'll be, be better off. I, I tell people this all the time, but a lot of people are like, no, nope, I've got to do this, 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 and this. And I'm like, good luck. I, I'm I'm there now with the software company, with our social media stuff, the podcasts, obviously the, you know, selling on Amazon. Um, you know, there's only so many hours in the day. I do like to, to sleep. <laughs> so, you know, at some point you got to be like, I can't do that. Guy and I just, Guillermo and I were having a conversation this morning. And uh, first time Guy's ever asked me this, he says, he goes, Manny, he goes, you've run quite a few different companies in the past. He goes, have you always been like this busy? Because I'm like, just insanely overwhelmed. Like, no, man, I go, this is probably the most I've been overwhelmed um, in a long time because I, I really, I've, I've, I've kind of bit off more than I can chew um, within the amount of hours that I wanted to dedicate to everything. But we're finally getting to that point where we're bringing people in and hiring and it's starting to ease 
A little, like, but maybe only 2%. <laughs> so we got but, a long but way that's, to go. I mean, I think that that's to be expected. I went through that about three years ago. Um, you know, we're definitely, I mean, working a 10 hour day was a minimum where it's like, yeah, 10 hours. I mean, you're up in the morning. Um, you know, it, it, there would be 16 hour days easily and it was just go, go, go. And thankfully, you know, I was working out of my home. Um, my wife was working with me. So we were spending time together. But it, it's, you know, if you want to get to that point in your company, you've got to do that. But, um, I, I mean, yeah, you can avoid a lot of that and really focus if you're focusing on the right things. I mean, you and I are a little different because we were trying to diversify multiple businesses. I guess, you know, I, I look at it like this. If you have a day job, um, that's like running a business. So you're going to have to work those eight hours. So if you want to grow your company, you're going to have to put in a 10 to 12 hour day. And that means that you're going to have to work your eight hours. Then when you go home, try to fit in a couple hours, you know, wait until your spouse or partner is asleep, then get back up for a couple hours or get up early in the morning. I mean, to grow a business, it takes work. Um, you know, and that, that's so whether you're doing it because you got a job or like you, multiple businesses, I mean, yeah, I don't feel sorry for you, Manny. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure you've been through it. Yeah, yeah, I, I get it. And, you know, for those people that say, well, I just don't have the time, you know, because I'm working. I'm already working 10 hours at my regular job. You find the time. Stop watching TV. Like like Jason said, he, he doesn't watch TV or, you know, uh, get up an hour too early. Like you just mentioned, there's ways that you can find an hour here, another hour there and squeeze it in. Uh, for the longest time, when I was first starting out, I was absorbing everything, everything I could read, everything I could listen to. Man, no matter what, I even put a speaker, Jason. I put a speaker, one of those Bluetooth speakers in the shower so that while I was showering for the, for those six, seven minutes, whatever it was, I could listen to a podcast at like <laughs> 2x speed. You know, it was just insane. But I had that drive. I was like, man, I want to get to this. You know, I want to get to, at the time, it was a, a quarter million dollars in sales for the year. And obviously, yeah, I pushed hard and I, I've gone beyond that. But, you know, you got to have the drive. You got to be willing to do it. You got to not want to be happy with where you're at, you know? You know, and I, I know we probably got to get going soon, but I think it, it, it's that thinking, like accepting, okay, do you want this to be your business or hobby? Because something, you know, a lot of times people just want to dabble in things and it's like, oh, I want to try out this Amazon thing. Well, then have fun with it. You know, pick a budget that you're willing to spend. If you make money, so be it. So then don't stress. But if you're telling me you want to make, you have a goal to have this certain lifestyle and you want to make this a real business and you're serious, well, having not enough time is not an option. It, it's, it, it's a, you know, a, a crap excuse. It really is. And I mean, I'm sorry. I've, you know, I've been involved with my church. I've been involved. I've got kids. I've got a wife. I've got multiple businesses. I've got friends. Um, we deal with sickness. We deal with all these things. And, you know, there's nothing more insulting than some say, oh, you have no idea how busy it is. It's like, stop. <laughs> you can make time. But if you find that sleep's more important, then sleep's more important. And it's, you know, you have to just be comfortable with accepting that that's who you are and that's how you're going to do it. But don't make up the excuse and say, well, I'm here because I don't have enough time. That's not going to fly for me. I agree. And you know what, guys? Your health should be important too. So while you're exercising, anything that doesn't require 
you to like have, be super focused, especially if you're doing something like cardio. Learn, start absorbing, start doing something. Oh, I'm, like you're doing that. It's 45 yeah. minutes, an hour. Always, of always got audiobooks going when I go for a run or a walk. Or you know, I like to listen to yeah. my old-fashioned 70s rock and roll when I'm hitting the weights. But um, yeah, when you're running or walking, audiobooks are, are killer. And you know, I guess to add that, that's probably the big a big mistake too. Um, if if you're not exercising, um, your mind is going to have all this bent, bent up, built up fuel, your body, um, and you're not going to be able to think straight. Uh, you know, taking care of your health has to be number one because, you know, you need to be healthy to deal with these things. And uh, that's a good point, Dad. Yeah. So that's a real important point. Maybe more important than that is this question. What's one thing about Matt Clark where he turned red? If you mentioned whatever this is on the podcast right now, <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I'll say, and this, this doesn't turn him red uh, so much as he accepts it. But, you know, when we were first together uh, trying to figure out the whole business model and he said, you know, um, the way he thinks, he goes, I'm probably a little different, though. He goes, I don't know if this will make you laugh or not. But when I was in grade three, I decided that I looked down at my G.I. Joe's and I decided it was time to put them in the trash. I had to get serious with life. All of his stories away when he was grade three and started focusing on reading business books. Grade three. That's crazy. Yeah, you can tell the guy has crazy drive. So awesome. Um, so we, yeah, we've covered a lot. We we definitely went over time, but hopefully everybody is, has enjoyed this episode. Um, Jason, anything you want to mention to our listeners about products or services you guys have coming out? Because you always have some pretty. You know, good I'm stuff. really proud of our Amazing.com membership and what we offer, and we have hundreds of courses. You know, courses just like um, you know how to make awesome converting offers, how to take advantage of Amazon marketing services, all for just one payment of 39 bucks a month. You get you know a free trial, so everyone can try it for 30 days go through as much of the training as you want we're very proud of the fact that we vet all of our instructors we make sure that they are people that do this business model that they're teaching are successful at it Um, so i'd love everyone to try it out and check it out there's a free trial go to amazing.com and i believe it's slash start or slash go uh, slash go and uh, check it out if 30 days free trial you can learn some awesome skills and uh, hopefully see you at one of our live events yeah that'd be great well jason thank you so much for coming on the show i appreciate you taking the time to uh, drop the nuggets you did thank you You've been listening to the AM PM podcast hosted by Manny Coates. For more information, insider, insider tools, tools, and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit ampmpodcast.com.